good day today. All right. How many of y'all like me and it was one of them? All right. All right. Luke 22, we'll begin in verse 39. Let's all stand to our feet. We're going to stand up. Go ahead, Gus. You can stand back up. I saw you was waiting on us. Uh, Luke 22, we're going to start. Uh, we, we Last week, we left We left the upper room. Uh, we went and, and, and we... we we learned more about Jesus' love for his disciples. They begin to uh, uh, learn more about his humility. They learn more about his direction for their life and what he expected out of them. Uh, now we are leaving the upper room going into the garden. We're going into the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, and tonight we're going to do something a little different than what we've, we've normally been just staying right there at the chapter we did. We went to another place last week. <clears throat> but most of the time we've stayed right there. But tonight we're going to kind of as an intro to the garden experience we're going to go to three different gardens we find in the bible and talk about that as an intro and use that as the study tonight and how it is a, a picture of salvation itself so as we do that we'll 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 catch up to where we are we're going to read just a few verses uh verses 30 uh 39 through 45 are you ready say amen Luke twenty two thirty nine. and he came out and won't and is this excuse me let me back up let me back up and he came out and went, as he was wont, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the, at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, uh, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground. Luke is the only one that put those two in uh, his gospel. Uh, we see in verse 45, And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into what? Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. God, thank you for an opportunity to study your word. Thank you for an opportunity to read and be blessed by, uh, Lord, what you've given us. God, now you know what we need tonight. You know what I need tonight. And I pray that you'll help me. I pray that you'll help us as we, as we study together, learn together. Lord, I pray that your will be done tonight. Lord, we'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to I take you through, and I, I made copies uh, on the front part of your lesson tonight, I made copies of the different verses that we want to go through, different uh, uh, portions of Scripture as we discuss the different gardens we see. Three gardens we're going to talk about tonight. One garden we find was in the Garden of Eden. Uh, this was the Garden of Sin and Disobedience. We're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. Uh, the second garden was the Garden of Gethsemane that we have found right here in Luke chapter number 22. Uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit tonight. And then the last garden is the, uh, uh, you might as well say Golgotha's garden, the garden tomb. Uh, we find that in the end uh, where Jesus was buried and uh, uh, where the resurrection took place, we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. So basically three gardens uh, going into one. And, and, and you say, well, why are we talking about this? Because the other two are not mentioned in, in Luke 22. Uh, but to really get a, a, a full, complete picture of what happened in the Garden of uh, Gethsemane, what happened there uh, with Jesus, you've got to understand the other two because the other two caused this one. Are you with me? Say amen. 
Does anybody need a lesson? Does anybody come in? You forgot to get your lesson. Uh, we got some uh, good gentlemen standing ready to deliver. Anybody need a lesson? Raise your hand. All right. All right. Well, let's look in Luke chapter uh, number 20. No, no. Go back, go back to the front of your page where it says the Garden of Eden. Y'all see that? Say amen. See that on the front? Let's look at a little background scripture. In Genesis 2 verse 8. It says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord grow to, uh, uh, God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, and the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So, in the first garden we find... We find God uh, made man. God planted trees in the garden. God uh, uh, did not just plant shade trees. He did not just plant fruit trees. He did not just plant uh, trees where you could eat off of and survive off of. The Bible says he planted trees that were pleasant to the eye. Uh, he planted the roses and he planted the azaleas and he planted the lilies. He planted something that would bring excitement, something that would bring pleasure to the eye of his creation. And I believe that teaches us real clearly that God God does not want you to just endure life. God does not want us just to, just to get by. God does not want us just to suffer through. God wants us to have life and have it more abundantly. When he made man in the garden, he intended them to enjoy their life. He intended them to enjoy his creation. And man, I tell you, I, I, I have sat behind teachers and I have sat in front of preachers and, and to them, the more miserable you are, the more spiritual you are. And that's not even biblical. Jesus said in John chapter number 10, I am come. Well, at first he says the thief cometh but to steal kill and destroy but I am come that you might have life and have life more abundantly how many are glad we can have joy unspeakable and full of glory Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. So here we are in the very beginning of time. We're, we're in a garden. We're in a garden that's perfect. We're in a garden that's provided by God. We're in a garden where there's no sickness, and there's, no, there's nothing there that would cause discomfort. There's nothing there that would cause pain. There's, there's nothing there that would cause distress to his creation. And God plants a tree. The, the tree, the knowledge of good and evil. And God gave him one rule. One rule. You can have anything you want. You can eat anything you want. You can have it all here. It's all for you. I've provided this for you. But you cannot touch the, the, the tree, the knowledge of good, of, of good and evil. One rule. But guess what? What did they do? They broke the one rule. They broke the one rule. This garden, as we see in your notes, number one, this is the garden of sin. The garden of sin. Write that down in, in your notes there. The garden of sin and disobedience. The garden of sin and disobedience. A, as you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I want you to see the entrance of sin. The entrance of sin. You know, as sad as Genesis is, I'm glad there's always a revelation. Amen? Anytime there's death, there's always life. Anytime there's sin, there's always forgiveness. Amen? And in this, in this garden of sin, we find the entrance of sin. What? How did it take place? And how did we get to where we are? I mean, how did we get to the place where Jesus had to come in the garden of Gethsemane and do what he did in the garden of Gethsemane, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But what, what got us to that point? The entrance of sin in this world, the entrance of sin in society, it came with this, number one, disregard. Write that word down. Very important. 
disregard. What was disregarded? God's Word. God's Word was disregarded. He said, listen, in the day that ye eat this fruit, ye shall surely die. Ye shall surely die. Now, he was not talking about physically. He was not talking about their soul because their soul could never die. He was talking about their spirit. He said, the day that ye eat this fruit, ye shall surely die. Don't eat of this fruit. Don't eat of this fruit. But they disregarded his word. Sin always comes when we disregard God's word. Now, what does that mean? I had to look it up. Y'all know I did. Y'all know I did. I had to look up the word disregard. The word disregard means this, to pay no attention to. To pay no attention to. Kind of like this. Peter, your flesh is willing, or your spirit's willing, but your flesh is. But what did Peter say? Not me. What did he do? He totally disregarded the word of God. He said, I am paying no attention to what you just said. I was, I was, I was helping uh, uh, Brother Jonathan Smith paint a, paint a little place over uh, off of the old corn road over there, and, or old 31, and, and uh, there was, a, there was a, a little pasture right beside, right beside the deal, and, and, uh, and there was a hot wire about this high off the ground because they had little baby goats in there, had little, little bitty goats, little baby goats, and it was about this big, and, and Mackenzie was a lot smaller then, and, and uh, Mackenzie was just about big enough where it come right across here, and I said, now stay away from that wire. But y'all know, baby goats is awful tempting to a little person. Say amen. Stay away from that wire. That wire will bite you. I mean, it's, it's, it's a hot wire, and it'll get you. You don't need to get by that wire. Well, I went back in there painting, and I'm just painting away, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden I heard, Wah! Y'all know what happened? She disregarded my word. She paid no attention. You know when we get in trouble? When we pay no attention to God's word. You want to make a mess of your life? Pay no attention to God's word. That's where it all started. God has it all laid out for us. He's the, he's the creator. He's the architect of life. He's the creator of this universe. He's got it all mapped out, and he knows how to get the best out of our life. And if you want to mess it up, pay no attention to his directions. Are you all with me? The entrance of sin, it came from disregard. Well, when we begin to disregard his word, that's when disobedience takes place. Number two, disobedience. Peter said, no, I'll never deny you. Then just not, not hours later, not hours later, he disobeyed God. The entrance of sin. Then B, write this down. I want you to see the extent of sin. Not only the entrance of sin, but the extent of sin. What happened? First, we see separation. Sin separated man from God. God, in John, in John chapter 4, John chapter 4, we find this out, that, that God is a... Anybody want to guess that knows your Bible? God is a, and we must worship him in. So, so let's go backwards. All right, and John 4 says, God is a spirit. God is a spirit, and we must worship him in spirit and in truth. If we're going to be in connection with him, if we're going to be in communication with him, we communicate him through our spirit, through our spirit. All right, when they sinned in the garden, their spirit died. 
not their physical body. Adam lived many, 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 many years after that. Eve lived many, many, many years after that. It wasn't their physical body. It wasn't their soul. It could never die. It was their spirit. Their spirit died. The connection was broken. What did Jesus say? What, 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 did we, what did we read this past Sunday? You know, he said, God's ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. His hand is not shortened that it cannot save. But your sins, your iniquities, your transgressions have separated between you and your God. The first thing that happens when sin creeps in is separation. It's separation. And you know what? Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that, that, that Jesus, the Lord, when he is describing it, he describes it as death? Separation from God is death. You know what? You know what hell is? Hell is the second. Anybody know the Bible? Death. The second death. The eternal separation from man and God. Separation. Listen, we, we, we talked about Sunday how much we need the presence of God, how much we need the favor of God, how much we need the fellowship of God. But the first thing that took place the first thing that took place, there was a separation. Their connection was broken. Their fellowship was broken. God came in the garden. There was no sweet fellowship anymore. There was no sweet communication anymore. They were separated. Man was hiding, and God was looking. Boy, that'll preach. Man was hiding, but God was looking. Johnny, write that down. We'll have to do something with that. Amen. Separation. But then, then suffering. Suffering comes real fast after separation from God. Y'all know the y'all know the breakdown. Y'all know what took place. He said, "Man, you shall work by the sweat of your brow." Uh, there'll be thorns and thistles, and and there'll be there'll be things come up that you're going to have to deal with. Uh, the, the the ground will not yield its fruit. You're going to have to work hard and labor and suffer. There's going to be sicknesses and disease and pestilences and and, and all kinds of things that came with a curse. Uh, suffering. One of the most difficult things to me as a pastor is to watch people go a direction that I know what's going to be there when they get there. And they totally disregard the warning. And they totally disregard what you try to share with them and what you try to tell them. But see... My father would always get on to me or he would lay rules out to me and my brother. I remember one specific one. Uh, we, had a, we had a long concrete driveway that kind of sloped, sloped down toward the road. And, uh, and there were cracks. There were cracks. It wasn't cracks, but they were, uh, help me concrete people, where you cut the uh, expansion joints. Is that what that's called, Russell? Expansion joints in the driveway. And each, there's a certain certain amount of feet uh, to the first one, a certain amount of feet to the next one, a certain amount of feet to the, to the, the well, we, we just happened to get our bicycles for Christmas. And, and uh, y'all know uh, a long concrete driveway is wonderful. Say amen. But at the end of that driveway was McNeil Road. And McNeil Road was a very busy road. And, uh, and uh, it kind of went down and went up. Uh, right there at the road and then right across the road was another long concrete driveway which was uh, the Neal's place. Uh, Steve Neal lived there and and, and, uh, and y'all know long concrete driveway going down speed, say amen 
little hill on the road and then another concrete driveway. Are y'all getting the picture here? Well, this is perfect, man. I mean, this is a great setup. This is wonderful. The only problem is Dad got with me and Joe, and about the third expansion joint was our boundary. He said, now, you can, you can ride all over this, but don't go past this one. And I thought, how could he? This is great, man. We got that. You don't understand that. We can get a running start coming down this. And then, But see, what we didn't get, because we was too young and too dumb, is there's semi-trucks coming up down this road every day, all day, all the time, wide open. And how many of y'all know a little person ain't going to look before they jump? Kind of like some of us older people, isn't it? So there had to be a boundary. There had to be a limitation. There had to be there had to be a law. Y'all with me? But we looked at it like he just he just wants to make life boring for us. Where are you getting at with this? God made a God made a law, no premarital sex. It's fornication. Sex out of marriage with another married person is adultery. And all of that's there, and, and society wants to make it seem as if you're a shrewd or if you're, you're, just, you're just an old fuddy-duddy. Oh, you just don't want people to enjoy that. But see, God set a law because he knows what's going to happen with, with single parenting. He knows what's going to happen with venereal diseases. He knows what's going to happen with all the... Are y'all with me? The breaking of God's law always brings suffering. Now think about it this way. It doesn't bring suffering because he's going to make you pay because of it. He doesn't want you to do it and he puts the law there to keep you from suffering. Y'all with me? Here's the deal. Let's go back to the driveway again. If we cross the boundary... There was no such thing as timeout. Y'all with me? What did we receive? Several times. But see, that wasn't what Dad was trying to keep us from. He was trying to keep us from getting splatted on the road. Does that make sense? Don't touch the fruit because the extent the, the the repercussions is suffering God loves us he loves every fiber of our being and he wants the very best for our life so he puts guidelines out there separation the extent of sin uh, do y'all remember when Jesus was on the cross Jesus was on the cross he said my God my God why hast thou at that point is when God separated himself from Jesus. Do you notice all the terminology on the cross is Father. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, unto thy hands I commit my spirit. Y'all with me? But at this moment, it wasn't Father and Son. It was God and sinner. Y'all with me? So he had to cry out, not my Father. 
but my God. Because the extent of sin is separation. And when we are separated from God, the ultimate result is what? Number two on there? Suffering. Suffering. Number two. What was the first garden? The garden of sin. Number two. Don't you see the garden of submission? The garden of submission and decision. In this garden, you don't see it as clearly. You don't see it as clearly in Luke chapter twenty-two, but you you do when you when you compare all the gospels together. Because when you put all the gospels together, you'll find. Let me let me let me imitate it just a little bit or dramatize it out. Jesus is coming and he crosses the Kidron Valley, kind of like David did when David was being run out by his own people. He was in the dark, and he was a king with no throne. Jesus was a king with no throne, being run out by his own people. He was coming, and he came across the Kidron Valley, went up into the, into the, the Garden of Gethsemane, and, uh, and as he did, he told, he told uh, the disciples to just tarry here and pray. All of them except uh, Peter, James, and John, and Judas, because Judas had gone out. Y'all remember? Judas went out in the, in the upper room, and Jesus said, Go do what thou doest quickly y'all remember that all right now here they are they're praying and uh, he takes peter james and john the three amigos the ones that are closest to to him the the inner circle there and he tells them look i'm in a bad way i'm in a bad way i need you to pray i need you to pray for me he's fixing to go to the cross he knows his time is almost up he knows he's fixing to be arrested he's fixing to be beaten and brutalized he understands all of this and he says i need you to pray I need you to pray. Then he goes a little further, the Bible says. He goes a little further, and he falls down on his face, and he begins to pray. And this is his prayer. This is his prayer. Father, I know all things are possible with thee. I know all things are possible with thee. First, he's, he's almost bringing praise and, and bringing uh, an assurance to, to, to what he is asking for. I know you can do it. I know all things are possible with thee. If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, but thine be done. I mean, agonizing in prayer, agonizing in prayer, begging to the Father. Well, as he is praying, uh, he stops a moment, and he comes back to Peter, James, and John, and what's happened? I mean, in the darkest time of Jesus' life, when he needed a friend more than anything else in this world, he finds them asleep. He wakes them up and he said, could you not tarry but one hour? Could you not tarry but one hour? He said, wake up, pray that you enter not into temptation. He said, because see, Jesus knows it's not just going to be bad for him in the next couple hours. It's going to be bad for them. They're going to be scared to death. They're going to be confused. They're going to be totally distraught, not knowing what's going on. So they get up and begin to pray. He comes back and he prays again the same prayer. Father, I know all things are possible with thee. If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but thine be done. And, and, and three times, three times. And this is what I want you to write down in your notes. In this garden, the garden of submission and decision, I want you to write this down. A, I want you to see the struggle. The struggle. I was sitting in my, I was sitting in my truck today, and, and I was really thinking about this. I mean really thinking about this. We see, we see Jesus' humanity when he 
he gets thirsty. We, we see Jesus' humanity when he gets weary at the well in John 4. Y'all remember? He rested at the well as his disciples went on into town. And boy, we see his humanity there. We see his humanity when he wept when Lazarus died. And, 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 and there's, there's places in the Bible where you can see glimpses. You can see glimpses of Jesus' humanity. But, but man, as I, I was reading this situation of Jesus here in the garden and, and Jesus praying to the Father, and there was a struggle with his will and, and saying, please, if there be any way, if there is any way possible, let this cup pass from me. And there's a struggle going on. I mean, I believe the forces of Satan were fighting and, and Jesus is in a battle and he is, he is praying to his Father and his humanity can be seen greater here than any other place in the Bible. So how do you know? How many of you ever struggled with the will of God in your life? Even though in the deepest parts of our heart, even though in the deepest parts of our mind, we are one million percent sure and know that God is powerful, God is all-knowing, and God knows what He's doing, but there is something about our humanity, there is something about our frailness, there is something about the weakness of our flesh that we come back to God and say, God, are you sure about this? I don't know about this. God, are you sure you want me to preach? God, are you sure you didn't cross the line somewhere? Are you there? I can't do this. A struggle, a struggle with the will of God. Boy, we see Jesus in his humanity. How many of y'all remember Moses when God was calling Moses to go back to Egypt? The struggle with Moses. I can't talk. I, I, I'm not a good speaker. Man, get somebody else to go. What about the struggle with Jonah and, 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 and God's call for him to go to Nineveh and he run from God and there's such a struggle. And sometimes there's a struggle with God when it comes to salvation. There's a, there's a struggle with God when it comes to us serving him in the, in the areas of service that we are to surrender to. Sometimes there's just a struggle with the will of God with sin in our life. Are y'all with me tonight? Boy, we can see, we can see the humanity of Christ. Man, I, we will never, ever, ever get a full glimpse of Calvary till we understand how truly human Jesus was. We look at him as God. Well, he was God. It was all right. He, he was God. He was human. He hurt just like you and I hurt. He felt every pain, every whip, like everything he endured. He was human. And we see the struggle in the garden. The struggle became so intense that the sweat, the sweat that was dropping off of his body became as great drops of blood. His capillaries began to burst in his sweat glands and listen he was under such pressure you see the the word Gethsemane the word Gethsemane means olive press olive press you see those olives would be taken into this big vat and and they would be pressed and and they would tighten it and tighten it and those olives would be pressed and pressed and pressed and pressed so that the so that the oil of the olive would come out and and 
can see Jesus is being pressed in the garden, pressed with the will of God, pressed with the burden that he's fixing to carry. Oh, let this cup pass from me. Guys, don't ever think that it was a fear of dying that caused the struggle in his life. I want you to understand what was in the cup. I want you to understand what was in the cup. Turn with me. I don't have it in your notes, but it just came to my mind, so I want to go there. Do you mind? Turn to Hebrews chapter number, Hebrews chapter number 12. Hebrews chapter number 12. And verse number 1. Are you there? Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the what? Say it with me. And the which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now watch this. Here it is. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the what? He endured the cross, but he despised the what? And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, here it is. Watch this verse right here. Watch this. For consider him that endured such, what's that word? Contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. What does that mean? It was such a contradiction of who Jesus was. That when he took the cup, he said, let this cup pass from me. This cup was not the cup of the cross. It wasn't the nails. It wasn't the whip. It wasn't the crown of thorns. It wasn't the spitting in the face. It wasn't his beard being plucked out. The cup was the cup of sin. He was so perfectly holy he was so perfectly pure now you got to understand something he had no sin he had no blemish he had we 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 see stuff and and we see sin and we see disobedience and we're we've been so immune to it because we've been surrounded by it that that we hear something that doesn't make any it doesn't we don't even think about it and we can see we can see uh different sins on the tv and we don't even bat an eye we don't even flinch because we're 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 broken creatures and it's it's something but he is perfectly holy there Four beasts crying around the throne, night and day, 24-7, days a week. Listen, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And he was so perfect, he was so pure, he was so holy, that when he had to take the sin of this world upon him, because he was bruised for my iniquities, he was judged for my sin, he had to become sin for me. And every rape, every murder, every wicked act, every wicked deed, every lie ever told, everything of all humanity came upon him right there and it was such a contradiction of who he was he said father if there be any other way let this cup pass from me not the cross not the spikes not the crown but the sin let this cup pass from me 
not my will, but thine be done. You see, he had to become what we are to take our sin. Do you see the magnitude of this? Do you see the intense struggle that he was under? Not because he was afraid to die. Not because he was afraid to die. He knew his father would bring him back again. It was because he who was so pure and so holy and so righteous and so glorious had to take something that's so wicked and so nasty and such a contradiction of who he was upon himself. But in that struggle, there was surrender. Put B in your notes. I want you to write that down. Listen, there's a, there's a wonderful picture of all three of these that we're going to wrap it up here in just a second. And that's why I wanted to do this. I tried to stay in Luke 22 and put all this in the first point. And I thought, well, that'll never work. So, so I want you to see this. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. In the first garden, we find a, a disregard to the Word of God, a, a complete, what I say that meant? Paid no attention to. He disregarded the Word, Adam did, but Jesus here surrenders completely to the Word of God. But lastly, number three, I want you to see not the garden of sin and disobedience, not the garden of submission and decision, but I want you to see the garden of salvation and deliverance. What do we find in this garden? The first garden we found sin, and the second garden we found a struggle, a, sin, a, a surrender. But in the third garden we find a resurrection. In the first garden there was death. In the last garden, there was life. You say, where do you, where do you get that? The Bible says, if you'll go back and look at the verses we found, John 19, 41. Now, in the place where he was crucified, say that with me. Now, in the place where he was, there was a, a garden. And in the garden, a new sepulcher where never man, excuse me, wherein was never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus, therefore because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. Well, I'm not going to go into all the verses, but y'all y'all know what happened on the third day. Say amen. Death became, help me, life. You see, what happens is when a man understands He's a sinner. You see, every human being today who's never heard about Jesus, he has to, he has to visit that first garden. Because you see, he can't get saved until he gets lost. Bob, have you noticed the hard part is not getting somebody saved, it's getting them lost? And before... Somebody can get to the garden of salvation and deliverance. 
They've got to take a stroll through the garden of sin and disobedience. That's why the first stop on the, on the Romans road is, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Man must come to the realization that they've broken the law of God, that they are under condemnation, and being good will not get the job done. He has to come to a place where he realizes he, and he admits and he accepts the fact that he is a sinner. And his disobedience has broke the law of God. But see, when he comes to that point, I'm glad we can come on out of the garden of sin and take him through right into the garden of Gethsemane and say, for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can make a decision there in that point, and there will be a struggle. I don't know of any Christian that's been saved that hasn't or will willingly admit that when God was dealing with them about sin and God was dealing with them about salvation, that there wasn't at least a little bit of struggle. In most people, it was a great struggle. Say, how, do you really believe that? Let me, let me read about the struggle with Felix. Acts 24, uh, 24. And after certain days when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, there was a Jewish, he sent for Paul, which was a Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix what? trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. What was going on? There was a struggle. How many of y'all can relate to that? Say amen. But when that sinner goes through that struggle and finally gets to the point he's got to surrender, I'm glad to know there'll be a resurrection. I like this verse. Ephesians 2, 1. And you hath he quickened. The word quickened means make alive. So how does that word mean make life? How many of y'all have ever been, been snipping your fingernails and got down into the... How many of y'all shouted hallelujah? You know, because you went from the dead part to the... Are y'all with me? That's what it means. And you had the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past with the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're, In other words, we just did what we wanted to do. We were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. You say, why do, why do they act like that? Why do they talk like that? Why do they live like that? Why do they dress like that? They're just doing what comes natural. But God, say amen who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together or made us alive together with Christ. Say amen. And this is my favorite part of the whole thing. There was, not only, there was not only resurrection in that last garden, but there was revelation in that last garden. Write all that stuff and fold it up and look at it. Revelation. What do you mean, revelation? Revelation. John 20, verse 14 says this. 
When she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. This was Mary who had anointed him. This was Mary who was close to him. This was Mary, every time you saw her, she was at the feet of Jesus. And if there was anybody that had an intimate relationship with Jesus and should have known him, it was Mary. But when she saw him after the resurrection, she didn't even know him. Y'all with me? I'm going somewhere. She knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She supposing him to be the gardener. Saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence thence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. So what's the big deal? The reason she could not recognize him is because what came out didn't look nothing like what went in. And you still ain't getting it yet, I can tell. Jesus went in broken, battered, bloodied. Listen, he went in with the worst that the devil could do to him. But when he came out, let me throw this verse at you. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There are people that come to Jesus broken. There are people that come to Jesus battered. There are people that come to Jesus bloodied by what the devil's done to them in their life bruised by Satan and all of what the world has to offer and they come to Jesus broken with no hope whatsoever I mean mangled by the world and mangled by the devil but when God gets through with them and the resurrection takes place in their life they may go down a sinner but they come up a saint they may go down in one way but they'll come out another way and I'm glad what comes out ain't nothing like what goes in yes give him praise and I am so glad, I am so glad that we've got all kinds here at Temple. I'm glad we've got people, listen, that used to have a reputation. I'm glad we've got people, listen, that other people cannot believe they even go to church. Well, I'm telling you this. We serve a God who can. We serve a God who will. We serve a God who wants to. And He wants the worst that this world has to offer. He wants the ones that are broken up the worst. He's wanting the ones that's messed up the worst. He's wanting all of them. And bring them to me. And I'll show you what I can do with them. Because what comes out ain't what goes in. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Johnny, come pray for us. Come pray for us. Listen, let's find a place and pray. Let's pray for our services Sunday. Pray God will have his way. Let's pray for our families. Let's pray for protection. Let's pray. He, He, Jesus told the disciples, he said, Pray that you enter not into temptation. The devil's fighting all kind of ways. We just need to pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's, let's pray.
Our God and our Father, Lord, we love you tonight. And Lord, we're thankful, God, just to be in your house. Lord, to come with your people. Lord, to hear your word. God, I thank you for our pastor tonight, Lord, for breaking the bread of life open to us tonight. Lord, I'm thankful. God, for each garden, Lord, that he talked about. Lord, I'm thankful for that day, God, when you come into my life. And Lord, that you showed me that I was a sinner, that I was lost and dying and going to hell without you. And Lord, I... I can experience, I can remember experiencing, Lord, that struggle that Brother Malcolm talked about tonight. God, I didn't want to give way, God, to the things that I thought was so dear to my heart. Lord, the way that I was living. God, I didn't want to turn loose, but God, you didn't give up on me. And Lord, you convicted my heart once again. And Lord, I'm thankful for that day that I come through that garden of deliverance, Lord, that garden of Gethsemane, Lord, all the places, Lord, that we talked about tonight, Lord, that you delivered me, Lord, from the path that I was heading in. Lord, I'm thankful. God, that you come down, Lord, by my way that night on Tuesday night, Lord, December the 21st, Lord, 1995, and you saved me. And God, I thank you for saving my family, Lord, my friends, Lord, that you blessed us with. God, I thank you for that tonight. Lord, I thank you for what you went through, Lord, for dying on that cross. And Lord, as Brother Malcolm talked about tonight, God, that sin, Lord, that cup of sin, Lord, that you took upon yourself. God, I, Lord, I can't even imagine, Lord, how you felt. Lord, I, I know, God, as the scripture tells us, Lord, that God, even turned his back, Lord, on you because of the sin, Lord. I, Lord, I'm thankful tonight, Lord. I wish that we would realize, God, tonight and see, Lord, that you cannot have no fellowship with sin, Lord. That, God, the separation, Lord, that Brother Malcolm talked about, Lord, even last week, God. I hope it would help us realize, Lord, the way, God, that you would have us to live, and Lord, I pray, Father, tonight, Lord, that you'd help us see that, Lord, help us that we need to live a righteous life, Lord, that we need to be good. Lord, in doing what you called us to do, Lord, for our families, God, for our kids, Lord, they need to look up to us, and Lord, we need to be living a righteous life. God, I pray, Father, right now, Lord, tonight for each and every person, God, that's at this altar tonight, Lord, pouring their heart out to you, Lord, I pray you'd meet each and every need, God, as they come, Lord, for whatever it is, God, I pray, God, for those crying out to you tonight, Lord, I pray that you would meet their needs, God, I pray for God, for Bo and Went for uh, for Bo and Holly, Lord, the Winfrey family, Lord, for Andrew, God, I pray, Lord, that you continue to bless, Lord, there in a mighty way. Lord, that you would touch and bless there, Lord. I, we've seen your hand, Lord, each and every day. God, I'm thankful, Lord, for what you're doing there. Lord, I pray for our church. God, I pray, Lord, that you continue to bless, Lord, Temple Baptist Church. Lord, uh, let us be the lighthouse, God, that you've called us to be. And, Lord, I'm thankful, God, for all the new people, Lord, you've been sending our way. Lord, I pray, God, right now we could be a blessing to them. And, Lord, for the ones that's getting involved, Lord, I thank you tonight. Lord, for all the ones that's getting involved in ministries, Lord, I pray. God, for this coming Sunday, Lord, I can pray you continue to bless Jalen as he gets to feeling better, Lord. I pray, God, that you would touch, Lord, everything that goes on, Lord, at Temple. God, be with Pastor Malcolm. God, as Satan is coming against him. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd build a hedge of protection, God, about him. Lord, that you would keep uh, Satan hindered, Lord, from, God, having effect on his mind. God, from having effect on his body. Lord, I pray, God, right now for his family. Uh, Lord, for his kids, God, I pray, Lord, you build a hedge of protection about them, Lord, for each and every one of us. God, in this room tonight, Lord, that has kids, God, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, build a hedge about them, Lord. Satan is doing everything he can, Lord, to tear the teenagers down, and Lord, I pray that you just touch and bless, God, there in a mighty way, Lord. We love you so much and again are so thankful, God, that you would even choose to fellowship with us, Lord. I'm thankful for, God, you saving us tonight and blessing us with a church, God, that we can come to. God, to be able to have friends, Lord, that you've blessed us with. Lord, I thank you so much for that. Lord, just go with us throughout the rest of this week. God, I pray, Lord, you just give everybody that's traveling safe, traveling grace. Lord, touch preacher again. Lord, this Sunday, God, bless the choir. Lord, all the singing in Jesus' name. Father, I pray, Lord, that you 
just help us, Lord. You know where we're at. You know what we need. Father, I pray that you'll, Lord, you'll, you'll just move on us this Sunday. I pray that we'll feel your power. I pray that we'll feel your presence. Lord, as we go through this week, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, that you'll put a hedge about every family in this building. God, I know you're doing things that's miraculous. I know that, Lord, that, that, that what's going on here at Temple's not an accident. Lord, that you've got great things in store. But Satan is roaring. Satan is raging. Satan is attacking everywhere we turn, everywhere we look. God, I know you warned us. I know you told us. I know you said be sober, be vigilant, because he's out there. I understand that. But God, give us strength. Give us wisdom to see him. Give us wisdom to recognize when it is him. And give us wisdom to take the measures that we need to take to withstand him. Father, I pray you'll be with our teenagers. I pray that you'll be with our, our young people. Lord, I know there's been a been a, a surge of revival in some form or fashion. Lord, and I know you're up to something, and I know that Satan will be right behind you. I pray that you'll bless them, Lord. I pray that you'll bless them as they raise money for a missions trip. I pray that you'll, Lord, let them have a, a burden on their heart for lost people. Lord, I pray that that burden and that fire will spread among us older folks. Lord, that we'll see that it's so important for us to get people to heaven. They're the only thing we can take with us. God, I pray that you'll just put a fire in our belly. Put a love in our heart for people that are lost. People that are unchurched. People that don't know you. Father, I pray for an unusual service Sunday. God, I pray for all three of them. I pray that one will just overflow into the other one and then just overflow into the next one. I pray for a move of the Holy Spirit. Lord, sometimes it seems one gets more than the other. And God, I just, I just want to flow this Sunday. I pray that we can feel the anointing of God. Lord, I, I, I really don't know what you got planned, but I sure am looking forward to it. God, I pray that you'll just, Lord, help us to focus on you. God, the hardest thing I'm, I've got to do is, is to just take one day at a time. God, I pray that you'll be with the throwers. Lord, I pray that you just be with I don't even have answers. God, I, I don't have answers. I, I, I just, I'm just answerless. I don't even know. But I know that you do. And I know that you can. God, if I didn't believe that, I'd quit and I'd go do something else. But I know that you can. And I pray that you'll strengthen Greg and Julie tonight. I pray, God, that you will do a work in their life that is so miraculous. They can't do nothing but rejoice and glorify you. I pray that you'll be with Bo and Holly. I'm thankful, Lord, for the good reports that we've been receiving. But, God, I pray, Lord, for even more. 
God, I pray for an even more supernatural move. God, I pray for some of our families that are really struggling financially. God, I know that you own the cattle on a thousand hills and this economy means nothing to you. Lord, you can bless in the middle of a drought. You can bless in the middle of a, a famine. God, I pray that you'll bless our families. Help us to be obedient to you. Help us to remember that we need to pay attention to your word. We need to pay attention to the Bible as we study and we read and we learn to practice what we're, we're learning. Father, I pray that you'll help us to praise you and love you. Lord, I love you and I praise you. Help me to be strong. Help me to help my mind. Help my mind. Help me to mentally stay focused on you. Father, I pray, Lord, that your will be done. Lord, whatever burdens are in this building now, I, I don't know them all specifically or personally, but I know that you do. God, as we're crying out to you tonight, as your children is calling out to their father, please be close to their prayers. Move in their hearts. Let them see how much they need you. Father, I pray for that one out there that's lost. Lord, I know in a crowd this size, there's somebody lost. Lord, I pray that your will be done. Brother Johnny's going to be at the altar. and Brother Buchanan's going to be at the altar when we're done. God, if there's somebody that needs to be saved, I'm sure we'll have a couple ladies at the altar too. Lord, if somebody just needs to be prayed with, if somebody just needs to know how to, how to be saved, I pray that they'd find them tonight. Before they leave this building, they can know for sure if they were to die right now, they'd go to heaven. God, I pray that that be done. And Lord, I'll praise you and I'll thank you and I'll glorify your name for all that you've done and all we know you're going to do. You've got great plans, and I'm thankful. Lord, I pray your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Church, say amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Hallelujah. And all God's people said, how many of y'all are glad what comes out ain't the same as what goes in? Amen. When I came to the altar to be judged, I don't know why it's on my mind. John, John in Revelation chapter 1, he, he heard a voice. It just happened to be the line of the tribe of Judah. The king one in authority, the one standing in judgment. He said, when I heard that, that roar, when I heard that voice, when I heard the line, I turned around to look, and I saw a lamb as it had been slain. When I turned to see my judgment, all I saw was my pardon. When I turned to see the judge, I saw the one who paid the price. When I came to the altar to be judged guilty, to confess my guilt, 
All I found was a pardon. Church, say amen. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, these folks up here be glad to take their Bible, men for men, ladies for ladies. Before you leave, see one of them. And they'd be glad to take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Amen? All right. Pray for this Sunday. Turn around and tell your neighbor, let's go to the garden.